Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday, and we have come to the end of the second week of Advent. So we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Visit us with your salvation, and sustain us with your gracious Spirit. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. I to the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the living and abiding word of God. A reading from John chapter 1, we begin at verse 19. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but he confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, Who then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. If someone were to ask, Who are you? How would you respond? For years now, all kinds of companies and agencies have been keeping track of the data that we leave as we go about our daily tasks online. They do this so that they can discover, and, and even in some cases, try to shape who we are. And then they look to create ways to make money from what they know about us. Guessing our next move, guessing what we might like, showing us one more thing. But is that really who we are? Or is this simple question, who are you, more difficult to answer than our online data trail would leave people to believe? I certainly hope so. 
But when John is baptizing in the Jordan River in the region around Bethany, the religious authorities send messengers to ask John, Who are you? I suppose that their question probably was more like this, Who do you think you are? Next they ask, Why are you baptizing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Of course, we already know why John is doing all of this, so that he can bear witness to and then testify about the coming Messiah, the light of the world, the light that is coming into this world, the light that was from the beginning, the word of God. John was sent by God to bear witness and to testify about the one who is coming after him, that is Jesus, the word of God now in human flesh. So then who is John? He says he is a voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, speaking words inspired by the Holy Spirit. Simply a voice, simply God's word, speaking, calling. But more important than that understanding of who John is, is probably hearing John himself confess who he is not. He does this with three I am not confessions. He says, I am not the Messiah. He says, I am not Elijah. He says, I am not worthy. But the one who comes after him, Jesus, will reveal himself by stating who he is. Throughout this fourth gospel, Jesus will say, I am. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the one who has come from the Father. And we will come to know that this truly is the one who has come from the Father, the divine Son of God, now incarnate, now suffering, now being raised on the cross, now dying, now rising again, now appearing and giving peace. But John the Baptist, however, is none of these things. John is not. Jesus is. And it is here that we find the confession of sin and the word of forgiveness through which we are returned to fellowship with God. In this gospel, we never hear that John is, is doing a baptism for the forgiveness of sin or to prepare people's hearts to meet the Lord. It is merely a baptism that, that bears witness to the appearance of Christ at that time when he appears. But, but here in John's word, we do find that confession of sin. When Jesus appears, the word of forgiveness John confesses what Adam and Eve sought to deny. John confesses that he is a human being, unworthy to even untie the straps of the sandals of the Son of God. And yet, in his generous love and mercy, the Son comes to John to be baptized by him, to reveal God's loving and forgiving and generous heart to John directly by showing himself to be the Christ, the one on whom the Spirit descends and remains. Jesus' love makes John worthy of more than a slavish obedience or a slavish regret for sin or, or loneliness. It, it is Jesus' love for John, his gift to John, that makes him worthy now of participating in this new thing that God is doing by coming to dwell among us. By God's grace, John is made a worthy witness and that is the pattern of our life and our worship, too, the confession of our humanity, that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we turn to our Lord for forgiveness, is met with love and that word of forgiveness as Christ comes into our lives. 
unworthy to stoop down and untie his sandals, Christ nevertheless comes to us and lifts us up. Later on in John's Gospel, we will find Jesus even bowing and in love washing the feet of his disciples, making them clean. Jesus' own humanity, his own humility, sanctifies and makes holy our humanness, lifts us up and creates us once again in the image of God, in the image of Christ. So by God's grace, we are all made worthy witnesses like John. We are sent to be the means through which the people in our world are now introduced to Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the light that has come into the world. And by knowing Jesus, we come to believe and to love him as he has loved and given himself for us. And the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high, shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears, to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall go be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gift of relationship with others, the communion of faith in your church. For who else and for what else are we grateful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world, heal the hurts of all of your children, and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world, for the people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, and for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else and for what else are we praying this morning? We give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have protected us through the night from all harm and danger. We ask that you would also protect us today from sin and all evil, so that our life and our actions may please you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all that is ours. Let your holy angels be with us, so that the wicked foe may have no power over us. And Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Holy Spirit fill you with new life and abundant joy. And Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless and preserve us. Amen.